Welcome to Farming Eternal, an eternal podcast for farmers hosted by me, Patrick, or Padumaro, and Hats on Lamps. How's it going, Hats? Oh, it's going good. Uh, how, how, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. It's episode 82, and for those of you tuning in for the first time, we are a draft-focused podcast. Our goal is to help you and me, mostly me, get better at draft. We get into the nitty-gritty of the drafting process with a little meta-analysis and play tips thrown in. This week, we're going to just do a full-on draft here today. Yeah, we're just going just gonna to dip into the waters. Uh, still a pretty new draft format, so I think we're both still figuring things out. Um, but we've got a lot of statistics uh, backing us up from all of the decks that people have been sending to us. So we'll use that knowledge and see what we can do. Yeah, and... I- and I thought this was a good week to do this. I know, um, at least in Discord, some people have been complaining a little bit about the format and how omnipresent fire seems to be and how strong it seems to be. So, um, But I know you've also had a lot of success with other decks that didn't include fire. So, I have. So I thought maybe doing a draft, uh, not saying we won't draft fire, fire's open, but I yeah. figured this... Might be it's a good tough to get away from it if there's a lot of the good fire cards coming your way. Uh, you'd be silly not to draft it because it's not like fire. It's not like even though I've had success drafting non-fire decks, it's not like I could be sane and argue that fire is bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So so I thought we would do that. So how uh, speaking of which, how has your draft week been? It's been very good. Uh, I've drafted. Um, I, I get probably about a draft in per day, something like that. Um, and uh, I'm I'm doing well in the rankings. Uh, last time I shut down the game, I was ranked four. That seems to be where I'm hovering, is in the four to ten range. Uh, so I don't claim to understand the format, but whatever I'm doing is obviously working. And I'm not sticking to a single archetype. I'm still exploring. It's just a, I think that there are a lot of different things you can do in this format that work. So uh, I'm still discovering those. And a lot of what I'm trying is, is working pretty well. So yeah, yeah, pretty happy with the format. And this is kind of the, the sort of eternal that I like to play. I know there's a lot of complaints about the format. And I I can understand that. There are certainly games where it feels like there was nothing realistically you could do against a really aggressive fire opening. But that's how I felt in the last format when people would draft mono fire and put corrosive dagger on something early and get like a couple of extra units and stuff. It didn't really feel like that didn't feel fun to me. Um, Somehow this format feels like fire is easier to deal with. And I know that that's not how everyone feels and I respect that, but still only report my own experience. So that's how I'm doing. How are you? How's your draft week? Uh, yeah, well, uh, yeah, my draft week has been uh, pretty good so far. I earlier this week, I I had a day where I did a whole bunch of drafts, um, and that did not go well. I had about five two threes or so <laughs> in a yeah. row, and. What was kind of interesting to me is I kept drafting what I thought were like really good looking Rakano decks and then getting run over. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I thought I was going to do the running over and then I just got ran over. And um, I don't know what changed, but then I drafted a really sweet Elysian Amplify deck and 
with it had four Maveloft deletes and then a whole bunch of Amplify cards. And that deck felt really strong. I got 6-3 with it. And I actually should have gone 7-0, but missed lethal. And then my opponent stabilized and then beat me. And then I just like straight up lost the next two games. Um, and then um, I drafted, kind of inspired by our episode last week, I drafted a really sweet uh, Stone Scar Grenadines deck um, that just relied on um, the 2 1 with Decay that gains plus one, plus one, and deals a damage when you sacrifice. Uh, yeah. Granadin, I guess it's it does yeah, something. Yeah, roto roto scavenger, I think. Yeah, it gains plus one plus one when you sacrifice a unit, and then you deal one damage if it's a Granadin. Right, think. and it has decay, so that one damage permanently shrinks something. Yes, and that is a super sweet card. Yeah, it's fun. Um, and then, um, and then I played on stream. I did a stream the other night, and. Uh, gosh, I kind of forget. I think it was a Rakano deck. And that one just was a really good deck, and I went 6-3 again. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, kind of, like, trying a lot of different things. After I started having success again, I was, like, trying a lot of different things and having success. Like, all three of those decks were different, and none of them actually had a basher in them, even the two fire decks. And what's been kind of interesting... I know this is a bit of just, like, variance, but in each of those three runs, it felt like I lost to the same deck each time. So, like, the Elysian deck, I think all three of my losses were to fire decks. And then um, and then in uh, the one I did on stream, I think all of my losses were to Mandrake decks. And then <laughs> I... <laughs> I don't even run into Mandrake decks that much anymore. Yeah, and then I, I had another run where I felt like all three of my losses were to, like, Soldier Amplify decks. So mm -hmm. it's like people are out there also doing really powerful things, and I'll, it's not like I'm just losing to Fire decks, which I think is a good sign. Yeah, I think so, too. There's definitely some really powerful things you can do, um, and there's a fairly wide variety of them. So, uh, yeah, like... Um... Like if you're up against the soldier deck and they and they get off a call the allies on you, it kind of feels like oh well they just you know they just have their bomb card their bomb uncommon that is not it, you can't realistically beat and that's just how that game went. Um, I would have had to literally kill all of their soldiers before they cast that spell for it not to murder me. Um, yeah. There's that, and then if you get if Mandrakes get started, then it's real hard to recover. Uh, yeah, they all feed each other, and yeah, I think Mandrix is weird because it's like you're like you're winning, you're winning, you're trying to kill them, and then they get to like turn seven or eight, yeah, and then they like are able to do that ultimate chain, and then you're like, oh, can't yeah. win anymore. It's <laughs> like, oh, they just gained fifty life. I guess, I guess I'm not gonna win. Um, <laughs> I, thought, I thought I was, but I'm not. Yeah. I mean, I've done that, too. I've had a Mandrake deck where somebody like had a really aggressive start and had me down to two life, and I was like, well, I, I, I drew the guy that gives everything life steal, and uh, <laughs> that guy activates a thousand ultimates. So, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> you worked real hard, but it's over now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
I've still been hard. We talked about this last week. I've still been kind of hard avoiding Mandrakes. Like even seeing in my last draft, it's like I I saw the the Zine and Mandrake like fifth and eighth pick or something, and I was just like, I I still don't know <laughs> about going in on, on Mandrakes yeah. here. Yeah, it's tough to go in on that guy, the three three that gives everything deadly and. I guess makes a little seed if you gain life. Uh, it's a very good card, yeah, if you're in the deck. But it, yeah, you're. it's very unlikely that you'll get paid off for picking that thing early because so many things have to go right. The way I get into any kind of Mandrake synergy is just Vinegrafter. Because mm-hmm. uh, Vinegrafter is an excellent card uh, to pick up early in the draft. It's the best of the grafters because regen is the best ability of the five abilities. And... So once I've picked up a couple of Vine Grafters, then a lot of the other Mandrakes become very, very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've got a, they've got Ultimate printed right on there, and it's cheap. Yeah, I think part of my problem with getting into the Mandrake deck is that like Vine Grafter, the the one cost guy, Darkwater Vine, Darkwater Vine, and Shoal Dredger are all Mandrakes, but I don't think of them as Mandrake cards. Sure. Yeah, you know, I but just... those are the keystones, right? Like, Mandrakes has a few cards that it depends upon um, in order to make the whole thing work, and those are the cards that make it work, you know? I know. It's not the ones that actually say, hey, when you got a Mandrake, do this. It's those, the ones that are the, like, the playable cards that don't need to be Mandrakes, but bonus are Mandrakes. Yeah. So I think I just need to, because I draft all of those cards, and one day I just need to also draft some of the other Mandrake cards to go with them. Yeah, you get sort of a critical mass of those cards, uh, along with the the 3-3 three, three with Decay, the factionless one, mm-hmm. which is playable by itself. And I think that's it. Some To some degree, Pollen Sprayer um, is an okay card by itself, but it's really better if you've got some... If you've got some some ultimates in your deck, so but yeah, no, those three for sure, or those four. All right, cool. So we'll move on to announcements here. So you can check out our Patreon at patreon.com/farmingeternal, where you get a shout out on the show. You get that warm fuzzy feeling of knowing you support us month after month, and you keep the show going. And yeah, it's a great motivation, and we really appreciate everyone who does take the time to go and support the show so i'd like to thank our veteran patrons cotillion low-key trickster sigma tank mercurial blue abednego meagles madness parmalee death Her- darth herman 2 twin hex jed the homrid raven dragon s red 0215 sun blaze work done sun and yist out thank you thank you thank you yes thank you um and i and i and i once again uh would like to say that it is always a uh, real pleasure when I get matched up against somebody who supports the show. I get a little thrill every time. <laughs> yes, I agree. And, um, yeah, and it's really awesome, you know, how many people who support the show, they participate in Discord. Yeah. You get to see them in game. It's, yeah, we, ch- we chat in game afterwards. It's nice. Yeah, I agree. So, cards of the week. What's your card of the week this week? I want to talk about Auto Tread. Uh, Auto Tread is a card, one of one of the, one of the novel cards with a novel written on it. Um, it is it's an uncommon. It uh, it costs one and a fire influence. It is a one one, 
and it says enemies lose their regen and can't regenerate. And also it says pay one and discard a card to deal one damage. Auto tread gets plus one plus one. So this is a very, very strong card. And I think um, I wanted to talk about it because it is such a surprisingly strong card. And I've seen person after person on Discord and in streams uh, discover it and realize how good it is <laughs> and be like, oh, this is really good. I thought it might be good, but boy, this thing can win a game all by itself. <laughs> and uh, it's, uh, it's fun um, because it, I don't know how they could make this card balanced. As it is, I think it might be the best uncommon in the whole, in all of set 10. And... Uh, I don't know even what would be competing with it in Empire of Glass. Maybe Shoal Stirrings if you happen to be in the Mandrake deck, but it's not universally great the way Auto Tread is. I think the card that people would say is giving it a run for its money is Martial Efficiency. Yeah, Martial Efficiency is good. That's true. Uh, certainly it's good. It does take a lot more of a resource investment, but, uh, to be, to be great. Um, but it, yeah, for sure it's, uh, for sure it's a good card. Yeah, I don't know which one of those I would take if I had to take one of them as a first pick. I'd probably still take Auto Tread over Martial Efficiency. Yeah, I also personally would take Auto Tread over Martial Efficiency, but I just, I think part of that is just personal bias. I really like auto tread and like yeah. playing with it and yeah. it's just like a fun card because it's we've never had a card like that before no we haven't that's true it's like an experiment um so uh, so for those of you who haven't played auto tread uh and and uh, because it seems sort of like an unassuming card at first it's a one one for one and you have to discard an entire card to use its ability which is is a lot it seems like a lot uh but what makes it so great is that you don't have to use its ability, but its ability is a constant threat on the board. Um, mm -hmm. You can. There are a lot of units in in this format that have only one health that it can that it can ping away, and those units might as well be dead cards in your opponent's hand as soon as Auto Tread is on the board, because you are now turning any card in your hand into a removal spell for your opponent's smaller units. Uh, it can it can ping to death something that is taking damage in combat. Uh, and sometimes, and this is what makes the card really fun to me, is you get to make a judgment call of whether it's worth it to discard more than one card to kill an opponent's unit. And here I will talk about a, a game that I had with Andrew Beckstrom, one of the designers of the game. And this was just like a week into the format. And I, was ma I, I get matched against Beckstrom fairly often, actually, because he plays a lot. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> I had an auto tread in my hand, and I didn't play it turn one because you don't want to get your auto tread killed before it gets uh, before it can get value. And I didn't have anything else to do in turn two, so uh, so Beckstrom played the three one Sentinel Bastion Gatekeeper, and on my turn two, I I played auto tread and killed it. Now I have a two two auto tread and some cards in my hand, none of which matter. And then Beckstrom plays a two three, the two three that turns into a five six if. Uh, if if one of your units gets stunned, and so I uh, so I thought, well, do I discard three cards to kill that? Because if my auto trade gets stunned, it's going to be a five six, and then I can't kill it anymore. But three cards, yeah, okay. And so I discarded three cards. Now I have a, a five five auto tread. Never had to play another card. 
destroyed Dexter with a card that he probably created. I don't know. <laughs> Taught him a valuable lesson about about creating cards like Auto Tread. So um, I don't know how entertaining that story actually was, but boy, it was entertaining to do. <laughs> yeah, no, I actually I think the the nice thing about that story is it it sort of illuminated a couple of the questions I had about Auto Tread. Which, um, and one of those, and I think most obviously, is do you play your auto tread out on turn one? Yeah. And uh, based on my play, I've now decided to not play auto tread out on turn one anymore. Uh, I think it depends because you can get some damage in, right? Like if you if you play an auto tread, then you can kill anything. If you if you go first and you play auto tread turn one, then anything your opponent plays that has two or less health uh, will will get destroyed by auto tread, and then it gets to attack as a two two or a three three. So that's very strong. So it depends on whether you think you can win by being aggressive and attacking with a big auto tread, or if it's better to go for value and then hide the fact that you have an auto-tread so that you can get the card advantage of being able to... Well, it will never be card advantage, but <laughs> so you can get the board advantage of being able to wipe out something unexpectedly. Yes. I Yeah, for me, I have found that too many people are packing X1 hate. Yeah. And it feels really bad when, since auto-tread is often your best card in your deck, mm-hmm. to play it and then... Have it immediately die. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's better to hold on to it a lot of the time, uh, but it does depend on what's in your hand. If you if you if you uh, if you have a very aggressive hand that doesn't need auto tread to pick off a whole lot of stuff uh, to win, then getting that one one out there and just having that threat of removal all the time for every blocker that your opponent plays that can maybe be more valuable. But in general, I think it's better to start off with other cards, soak up your opponent's removal, and then auto-tread them to death later. Yeah. The other thing about auto-tread uh, is that your opponent's life is always effectively lower than it looks by however many cards you have in your hand. <laughs> yeah. Or, I mean, and also, like, sometimes it's totally worth it just to, like, yeah, use the rest of the cards in your hand get them down to two and be like, okay, next two draw steps, you're dead. Yeah, yeah, plus it makes the auto-tread grow every turn, so you're attacking with a larger and larger unit. Yeah. Um, Yeah, if your opponent, for some reason, doesn't have any blockers, possibly because you're mowing them down (laughs) with auto-tread, then just discarding cards into your opponent's face effectively does two damage, because it makes the uh, auto-tread's attack power grow by one and does the damage. It doesn't need to have additional text on it, but it does have additional text on it, which is that your opponent can't regen. And regen would soak up a whole card normally. Yes. Yeah. Actually, this regen, I think it's an ability that's really easy to forget about, but it is so key because so many of the regen units in this format are these like dinky two ones, whether they fly whether they're on the ground and they're just so annoying and auto tread just wrecks them in every way conceivable. Yeah. Side street monitor does not look great. If your opponent has an has a auto tread normally very good card. <laughs> yes. 
Yeah. So yeah, I do. Yeah. So uh, what, what's it? Martial efficiency is the other card. Yeah. That what it's called. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I don't think there's any any cards, uh, non-rare cards that can compete with those two as first picks, which is why it's so easy. To, one of the reasons it's so easy to end up in Rakano is if you've got the two best uncommons, no contest um, in the set in Rakano, then yeah, you're going to end up in Rakano a lot. Exactly. Um, all right, so my card of the week this week is Laser Blast, which is the three fire spell, and it says one of your units deals its current health and damage to an enemy unit. Laser Blast costs two less if a unit is a Sentinel. And this is also a very good fire card to mm-hmm. fit in a theme this week. Yeah, all of our all of our cards of the week are just going to be running down the fire cards. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, I I mean this card is one of the better removal cards in the format. You know, the the key things to remember about this is it doesn't stun or it doesn't exhaust your unit, so you can play laser blast, kill one of their guys, and then still attack in. Yep. Um, there's some really convenient fire units that this goes well with like um even like flame heart patroller you know that's a two a two drop but it has three health so you can you know laser blast something deal three damage for one cost because it's also a sentinel attack in um i also a thing i wanted to mention is i think this card is good enough that as long as you have enough beefy units you're probably fine paying three for this like don't oh yeah don't yeah, think of this not need as Sentinels. a Sentinel No, it doesn't need to be at all. I had a Rakano deck that uh, was pretty short on like Bashers, but I had two Siphoner Paladins, which have five health, so their Laser Blasts do five. I'm happy to pay three power to do five damage. <laughs> yeah, yeah because we used to have to pay five to do five damage in fire. Uh-huh. So. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's a, it's a very strong card. Um, there, there's It's possible to build a deck that can't really use Laser Blast effectively, but that's like an entirely Valkyrie deck, maybe, something like that. Right. Um, yeah, I agree. Most, if you're going most like average... All in on Rakano Flyers, then there's a chance you won't have enough health to make use of it. Yeah, and, and like Bastion Gatekeeper is a Sentinel that only has one health. It doesn't Laser Blast very well. There's some cards that don't do it. Uh, but Laser Blast also has that advantage that if you use it with a deadly unit, you can kill literally anything. So yes. if you're in Stone Scar, especially where you'll have a lot of deadly units available to you, much more than uh, other formats, then Laser Blast is just a kill anything for three power card. Yes, and then the um, the last thing, the the one negative to Laser Blast is it's one of those cards where you can get blown out with it because. If the unit that you, um, if your unit that you target with it dies, then you do zero damage. Okay. So that's good to know for science because I've actually, I actually, there's not a lot of uh, fast speed removal in the format, so I haven't even encountered that. Yes. <laughs> yes. So that is one thing you want to look out for. But um, <clears throat> the reason actually I wanted to do this as the card of the week is someone posted, uh, like, what's the pick? And it was, I, I think it was pack one, pick one, or maybe it was pack one, pick two, but they had just taken a, like a rare for, for the shift stone, the first pick. And it was between laser blast and basher. 
I think most people said that they would pick Basher, and I kind of felt like I would take the Basher too. But I, I have a feeling that Laser Blast is really the correct pick, and that, and at the very least, it's a very close pick. Uh, I would agree with that, and I don't know if I could definitively say which of those is right. I probably, I, I, I agree that I would probably still go with Basher right now if it was between the two of those because. I do, uh, on one level, want to know what my what my creature base is before I start picking things like Laser Blast. But on the other hand, uh, you can end up kind of short on removal in this format, um, depending on what factions you're in. And Laser Blast is generally going to be really good, so it might be good to, to, to get those Laser Blasts and then figure out what units you're going to be attacking with later. I don't know. Yeah, and well, one of the things you just said, you know, a, a minute ago, really, is what is giving me pause on the on this is like there are, it's really hard to build a deck that can't make use of laser blast. Mm -hmm. While I think, I think most decks would also play a basher if they're fire. Uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I just think that like laser blast is better in more decks than basher is. Yeah, I think that's true. You can also splash for laser blast, mm -hmm. which you can't really do for bat. You can do it for basher, but it's sort of a silly thing to do because um, you want to play basher on curve. Uh, if yes. you've got five power and that's when you start playing your bashers, then you're just playing a very bad five five. Right. But uh, but with laser blast, you can legitimately splash for it. Like if you're playing, you know. If you're playing, say, Felm, splashing for fire for some removal, that's a reasonable thing to do. But you're not going to splash for Basher in that deck. Right. Yeah. Anyway. just Yeah, I don't know for sure what the uh, what the answer is there. I think right now, uh, because I'm sort of still finding out the potential of Laser Blast, um, I would probably take Laser Blast now because I'm sort of sick of playing with Basher. Um, but uh, uh, I don't know if that's correct. Because Basher is obviously a very powerful card. Anyway, yeah. Yes, but I I also think for me I do feel like people are eventually going to get better at playing against Basher, mm -hmm. um, and Laser Blast is harder to be <laughs> better. You at can't really against. do that much against Laser Blast unless they unless they really boost a lot of uh, fast fast speed removal in yes. in the uh, draft packs at some point in the future. Yeah, there's not a lot you can do because there's almost, there really is almost none right now. Um, I don't think there's any, the, uh, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think there's, I think there's hardly anything. There's, uh, there's the, there's the amplify uh, fire removal spell and that's about it. Yeah. And that's not going to kill a basher as it's trying to laser blast you. <laughs> No, it is not. Bashers laugh at, at three damage removal. <clears throat> All right. Um, so we'll move on to the seven win run breakdown, which is our long sta standing data collection project here at Farming Eternal, where you can send us in your seven win drafts um, to either farmingeternal at gmail.com or post them to the seven win channel of the Farming Eternal Discord. And then we um, stick them in a spreadsheet. Uh, we do some faction breakdowns as well as some card breakdowns, and then we talk about it on the show and um, give you a shout-out, too. 
And as always, thank you to John Holio for actually entering all the lists. So first, we'll just run down everyone who submitted a list this week. Uh, we have a new contributor, Motiz, and then veteran contributors, Agent Dynamo, Alabazoo, Beard Broken, Chamomile Collector, Cotillion, Fast Cookie, FS Forward Sound, Gato Sujo, Gunner116, Hats on Lamps, John Avon, Matty Oker, Meadow, Mercurial Blue, Ulrich, Out on the Limb, Patomaro, Shab, Esred0215, Steve Irwin, Toucan, Twin Hex, and Zethlerin? Zethlerin. 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 Are you going to tell me that's a word too? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> but it might be. I just haven't looked it up. All right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we. We're actually very much continuing the same trends that we've been seeing the last few weeks. Uh, Fire doing the best. It's in about 60% of decks, uh, which is quite a few decks. Um, we have been getting a few more three-color decks recently, so the number of three-color decks are going up. We're still mostly two-color, but with some three-colors. Mm -hmm. um, followed by Justice at about 50% of decks. Shadow is third at 40 three percent and then time and primal uh time is at 30 and primal's at 23 so both of those are not doing particularly well um huh and we've got some like useful uh individual card statistics right yes yep uh yeah i i would say out of this the thing i'm most surprised about is like i said in my how's my week been i've been having pretty good success with the lesion deck so i'm surprised we've only had two lesion decks make it through though it makes Maybe sense i guess if there are two worst performing colors that we're not getting a lot of those decks yeah i mean there's i i think there to a certain degree there's a bit of a snowball effect going on where people realized that fire was good and so they kept drafting fire and so a lot of the decks that we're receiving that are winning are fire decks um, because why would you want to stop winning with what you discovered is good? Yes. Um, uh, I can't blame can't blame people for doing that at all. Uh, but I do think fire is maybe a little overrepresented compared to how powerful it actually is in the format. Because like uh, you know, because I've I've been doing fine all across the board. Uh, <laughs> just drafting pretty much any combination of factions is good. It's just you got to figure out where the actual power in those faction combinations is, and I think it's very obvious with fire. Like it is easy to draft a good Ricardo deck um, yes. because the the curve is well designed in fire and justice. Uh, you you will get powerful options at every point on the curve, uh, and it's not hard to figure out how to combine them in ways that will win games. Uh, and you can be pretty aggressive with it. And then if your opponent is dirtling around trying to splash things or trying to get combos together, you run them over often enough you get some free wins that way. So uh, uh, no reason not to draft for Kano and win with it. Um, but yeah, you can definitely do really strong things in any faction combination. Yeah. So I'm going to go over, I guess, the top 10 cards that, we, that have been submitted so far. Um, and before I do that, uh, a couple things to mention. You got to remember that fires going to be fairly well represented in this list because we just have the most fire lists. So it's not surprising you see the most fire cards in the top of that list. And then also colorless cards will do better in this list because colorless cards can go in any deck because they are colorless. Yeah, um, that makes sense. 
So, um, but yeah, so number one, Barricade Basher. Um, so we've had 112 decks um, submitted and we have, uh, people have played 78 Barricade Bashers <laughs> in those decks. Yeah. So, boy. And then uh, next is Bannerman uh, with 70. And then there's a huge gap to number three is Send to Market, which is the uh, the kill spell that sends a thing to the market. Mm-hmm. Uh, the name is pretty on point. Yep. Um, we have 57 of those, 57 of those. And then there's Okessa's Audience, which is the one cost relic that is colorless that you can um, plunder and then pay two to draw a five five. So we have 46 of those. And then number five is Scythe Slash, which is pretty inter- <laughs> pretty interesting that it's so it far is. off this list. I think that's one of those cards that people need to learn to play against. I think people are not... Um, I've, I've had Scythe Slash in my decks and, and been attacking aggressively in a way that I think is making it very obvious that I have Scythe Slash, and people are not blocking properly against it. <laughs> Yes. I mean, it is. I think it is a pretty tough card to play against. And also, what's kind of interesting is um, you would think, like, the plunder on this was not super relevant. But there are just, like, enough cards in fire where you don't mind playing a side slash early. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I think it's super relevant, actually. There's been times when I've had three power at the beginning of a turn played side slash pre-attack on one of my units so that I would have another two power available during my uh, attack phase to play some other fast spell. Yeah. Because it's and like, so, what are they What are they going to do? They can't suddenly put more health on the board to block with. The side slash is going to do some damage. Exactly. And like you said, there's not a lot of fast speed removal. Um, and so, you know, like you can, there's the... Um, the uncommon, the three cost two two with decay. That when it dies, it gains. Um, you you draw one uh, one rustlings equal to its power. You know, playing an early size slash on that, pretty good. Yeah, that'll that'll win you the game by itself if you can trade it in combat. Yeah. Yeah. Oh oh. Uh, by the way, the the fast removal spell. I forgot the big one, which is Grizzly Contest right now. Yes, and send to market. Though that's and send to market, for sure. It's just so expensive that I wasn't thinking about it. But, yeah, there's a few. Uh, and then number six is Bastion Gatekeeper, uh, which is the 3-1 that you can pay three to double its attack and health. Um, I'm, I was not a huge believer in this card, but people are, are winning with it. Um it is also two drops. Early drops will tend to also do better on these kind of lists because you want more two drops than five drops. Yeah. Um, if it didn't say plunder on it, I don't think it would be quite as high on the list, but it does. Yep. Then we get to our first shadow card or our first non-fire justice card, and that is execute. Um, yep. And then uh, number eight is laser blast. Number nine is shoal dredger. And then number 10 is Malaga Munitions. Also, I think a surprisingly good card because it might not look that great on on the face of it because you're paying three to get a one-cost weapon and then you're paying three again to get another one-cost weapon. Yeah, it just it just feels like it plays very well in the format. And it divide, it, like, it gets around 
the problem with weapons where you're basically inviting card disadvantage with a hard removal spell because then it uh it it spreads out the uh it spreads out the weapon love across more than one unit potentially but i am a little bit less high on that card than some folks might be i don't think it's always appropriate to play just all of your malaga munitions if you're going to be attacking with a lot of ground forces but i think it's very good with valkyries yeah and then uh, the, uh, the, uh, three other things I'd like to shout out. We don't get our first time card until number 21, and that's Send for the Reserves. And then we don't get our first Primal card, which is Maveloft Elite, um, and that is number 27th. And uh, Send for the Reserves is the two-time spell that plays a 2-1, and then you can Amplify for 2 to play an additional 2-1. And then Maveloff Elite is the two-cost 2-2 two, two, that when you Amplify, for each time you Amplify, you gain plus 1, plus 1. And then um, the only other pretty interesting thing is the, uh, the first two... Um, uncommons that make the list and the fact that an uncommon will make are so high in the list is pretty impressive because as everyone knows there are way fewer uncommons per pack um, than there are commons so you'd expect way fewer uncommons to show up than commons in a, in a deck list but uh, martial efficiency is at number 16 and we've seen 31 of those and then um, next is auto treader Wow, which is 25, and we've had 27 of those in a deck. So those are also the the two uncommons we mentioned are the two uncommons that show up the most in our deck lists. When's the next uncommon on the list? I'm uh, taking a look here. Passionate Stonehammer, yep. Which is also not surprising. Um, no, it's just part of the whole aggressive fire deck uh, library, yeah. Yeah, and then um, also in the top... 50 is uh, Metal Fang. Yeah. Yeah, Metal Fang's, a, Metal Fang's a mean card. Although, it's not like you can't kill it, but it creates three bodies when you summon it, so it's a, it is a lot. It's a lot in one card. Yes. I agree. Um, the sweet thing about Metal Fang, I feel like it's maybe a little too powerful, but it is so sweet that it does like everything the Stone Carts guard deck wants to do yeah so yeah it does uh, it, it, like if you want to if you want to gain life it gains life if you want to do damage it does that we want to sacrifice a grenadine it will <laughs> yeah yeah it, it, would you like it to be a valkyrie you you got it <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i i really like that uh I, I like that card i mean it's obviously super powerful but i also like just how well it works with that deck yeah yeah it's fun Metal Fang's a fun card. I like putting it in markets and then having more than one way to get cards out of my market. <laughs> <laughs> I like drafting. That thing's a, it's a real tough card to deal with when it has regen and plus one, plus one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Okay. So I guess we'll move on to our draft here. Let's see if we can actually put all of this theory into practice. So we've got a, we got pack one, pick one, Empire of Glass, set 10. Our rare is a very interesting one. It's Muldermuck. Uh, this is Cassandra's uh, creation. If you haven't seen it, it's a 4-4 for 3 Shadow Shadow. It has Decay, and when Muldermuck attacks or blocks, it deals 1 damage to itself, and then you play an exact 
copy of it. So essentially, every time it engages in combat, it shrinks by one, uh, by one one, and splits into two. Yes, and it, I will say, I this is a good card. It is easy to forget about the blocking cause. It yeah. blocks way worse than it looks like it does, because uh, once you block and it splits and shrinks itself, you can't block. You can't also block with the, with no. the copy. No, you're blocking with essentially a smaller unit than you started with. It's also I'm not convinced that this is the massive bomb. Uh, that some folks seem to treat it as because uh, like you it'll it'll eventually create a lot of units um, I think a total of 16 right let's see two three threes four two twos no just eight eight one ones um, but the one ones are done they can't do anything else they if they attack they die and if they block they die yes and so the Mulder Muck can only do so much actual damage. Like, it'll do three damage on the first attack, and then, like, I think eight damage, and then, let's see. That's uh, it. And then you're kind of done. So it, it's a weird card to evaluate in draft, because it has a lot of board presence, and if you play smart with it, then you can do, a lot, you can do some damage to your opponent's board. Uh, but you're not going to actually kill them with it. It's impossible. Because it runs out of steam. Yes. Um, so anyway, so that's the rare. Uh, but we've got some other interesting cards. There's Beacon of War, which is the three fire relic. Uh, when one of your units attacks, it gets plus one strength this turn. And its amplifiability is to exhaust an enemy unit. Very aggressive card. There's Vine Grafter, uh, which we were talking about earlier. Uh, that's the 2-2 two, two for two shadow with regen. Uh, its ultimate is to pay three to swap a card from your hand for a shadow or factionless card in your market, and you give one of your units in your hand plus one, plus one, and regen. Strong card. There's Realign the Stars, one of my pet cards for this format. Really enjoy it. That's the three, uh, three primal fast spell. Draw a card with Amplify of your choice from your deck. Um, and then I, I think there's a couple of the commons that are stronger than the others. There's Laser Blast, which we were just talking about. Fatal Misstep, which is the two-shadow fast spell, kill an enemy unit that was played this turn, and then each player discards the bottom three cards of their deck. Um, and that's it. I think the other commons are weaker. There's Valkyrie Emulator, Cobra Gear, Exotic Purchase, Overdrawn Harvester, Metalcraft Cadet, and Battlefield Chanter, none of which I would consider first picks. Yeah, though Cobra Gear, I think, is a pretty good card. It's a good card. Um, I, I think it's deck-dependent whether or not I want to play with it. Yes. I will say Cobra Gear is like a really, because it's fast speed, is a really hard trick to play around. It is. I mean, you do kind of have to play around with it because you see it a lot. But uh, what did I just say? You do have to play around it. <laughs> you, do, you have to learn how to play around it. Yeah. You have to expect it because it is pretty, con if somebody's playing time, there's a good chance they're going to be playing a Cobra Gear. So it's just sort of one of those things you have to keep in mind. Um because it's such an effective trick and it wrecks you so hard if you don't play around it. You just sort of have to keep it in mind. But I admit that it's difficult to keep it in mind because uh, there's not enough time decks to where you're playing against it constantly. But anyway. Um, but it's very strong if you get up to six power because then you get to cast two of them. Yeah, and so you sort of mitigate the card disadvantage because you're only then... if you know If you make it to six power, you're only sort of losing... 
uh, an extra half a card if you're if you're using it to lose your unit and kill an opponent. You know. Yeah, like any. Like any reasonably costed Amplify card, it's um, it scales well. So what are you thinking here in terms of pick? Yeah, I guess it's between Moldermuck and Vinegrafter for me. And um, my instinct would have been to take Moldermuck, but you kind of convinced <laughs> me that it's probably not as good as it, it looks. I mean, it's still a very good card, but Vinegrafter is also just like a really, really good card. Yeah, I think... I think those are the two strongest cards. I think I would still take Moldermuck even after everything that I said about it because I think if you play well with it, then it's really hard for your opponent to deal with. Yeah. Um, but I do think it's more of a defensive card than an offensive card. Yes. And Moldermucks do play great with Vinegrafter. Not they perfectly. Do. But... Um... Yeah, they do. Well, if you give a Mulder Muck a plus one, plus one, and a regen, then I think it splits and becomes like two five fives in its first attack. Yeah, it stays at five fives, but then it, both neither copy keeps the regen, and so then right. it they shrink anyway. But just because of the way it scales, even one copy of not shrinking really amplifies the effect quite a oh, lot. Oh, yeah, yeah, that uh, it makes it a much bigger threat. So I think Mulder Muck is still the pick here. All right, so we'll take Muldermuck here. All right. All right, pack, uh, pack one, pick two. Uh, the rare is not a playable card. It's Glimpse Another Age. Um, there, in the Uncommons, there's uh, From the Heavens, the nine Justice, Justice, Kill All Units spell. Um, the, there's Cyber Combustion, which is Sacrifice a Unit to deal three damage to each non-Grenadin unit. That's two Primal. There's the Stormhalt Battalion, which is the Huru 2-2 uh, uh, that kills a stunned enemy unit. Let's take a look at the commons. Uh, there's an Okessa's Audience, uh, which we discussed earlier, the one-power uh, one power relic that can turn into a 5-5 later. Um, there's Malaga Munitions. Um, let's see, what else have we got? We've got a Side Street Monitor, the 2-1 Flying Regen uh, uh, Sentinel uh, for 3 Justice. Uh, there's a Shock Troops, the 1-1 one, one that can become a 4-4 four, four if you play an Amplify card. Another Cobra Gear. And uh, Restorative Process, draw an attachment and a Sentinel from your Void for 2 power and a Pollen Sprayer. The 1-5 the yes. Mandrake that gives everything extra strength when you use an Ultimate Ability. What are you thinking? So for me, it's between Cyber Combustion and Okessa's Audience here. Yeah, I think those are good choices. You know, the thing to note... Um, is that someone did take the common out of this pack. That's true. Um, uh, so, that's likely a basher, if I had to guess. Yes, that's that would be my guess, too. And the only other fire card here is Malaga Munitions, which I don't think is a good second pick. Uh, although, you know, you put it on Muldermuck, you get an extra split. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. But I don't think that's a good enough reason. Um Cyber Combustion is a little bit of a weird card. It's very powerful, but then if you're not in Grenadines, it's very it's hard not to wipe your own board. Mm-hmm. Though so if um, you're if you're playing that with with that in mind, you're still oh yeah, it's still a strong card, and uh, I don't think there's really any realistic way for for Muldermuck to survive 
I mean, unless it's still a 4-4. Four, four. I mean, Muldermuck makes a bunch of units that you want to sacrifice, but then it'll wipe out all the older, uh, other Muldermucks. But we shouldn't be just drafting around Muldermuck. As fun as it is to say Muldermuck over and over again, we might not be in shadow. Yeah. I mean, I haven't really had uh, any success with Cyber Combustion yet, but it just feels like it's a it should be a very powerful card. And yeah, that's I just how I feel about it. I haven't drafted the yeah. right deck yet. I, I think it's actually kind of difficult to get into that deck because that's basically uh, Skycrag Granadin or I guess Felon Granadin, but when is that ever going to happen? Um, that could happen. That could totally happen. I guess so. Or uh, Menace. I mean, you, it could just be, it could be Stone Scar Granadin that splashes Primal for Cyber Combustion. Yeah, that would be a legitimate thing to do. Um, well, I think if I'm drafting on my own, I would take Okesa's audience here, uh, just because it's kind of a weak pack. But uh, we could take Cyber Combustion and then try to do that. Um, try to do that. No, pick. I think I think Okesa's audience is a, a great responsible pick, and I'm happy. Yeah. Okay, let's do it. Okesa's audience, it is. And actually, Okesa's audience is kind of the pick I would make too. I just this is what I constantly talk about is like. It's always very difficult to figure out when you should be taking these like powerful uncommons that require work. Um, I think the I think by the theory that you should take the card that is most likely to end up in your deck, um, this is that's that's the right pick. Oh my gosh! So here in pack three, we've got a call on allies, which we were talking about earlier. That's uh, the card. Um, uh, it's a three justice spell. Move a random unit in your deck to the top. And the amplify ability is exhaust a unit to, uh, sorry, exhaust a soldier uh, to play a plus three plus three weapon on it and move an additional unit to the to your deck in your deck to the top. Oh boy, it's a hard card to read, especially when it's so small. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, it gives plus three plus three to any soldier you feel like exhausting when you cast it, and then moves units to the top of your deck so you draw gas for the next couple of turns. Very strong if you're in soldiers. Uh, there's another cyber combustion. Um, and in the common area, not a lot of strong commons here. Another Cobra Gear, so we could have had three Cobra Gears by now. Uh, there's a, da, a Dang, Dangolo Counterfeiter. Um, yeah, uh, not which, a great card. I think the, not a great card. the best common left is Drifting Drone. Yeah, maybe. Drifting Drone. The 0-2 with Flying and Lifesteal and plus one strength for each relic in your void. Also a Sentinel. Um, that's a card that was incredibly good in the, in the preview event. Um, but uh, I think now has to kind of have a, the, the right deck. But we do have an Okesa's audience already, and they, those do play well together. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, kind of interestingly, so for me, again, Cyber Combustion is a strong card. Uh, call on Allies is a strong card. I kind of would maybe take the Call on Allies here. Yeah, I think it's fine. The Call on Allies is such a strong card that I have picked it this early and then gone on to get a seven-win deck just trying to get soldiers after that. Yes, and a thing we talked about last week is there are just like a lot of incidental soldiers now, so I'm not as worried. You know, I don't worry necessarily about being able to get enough soldiers. You just will. The issue with Cyber Combustion... Uh, which we touched on last week, is that there aren't any Granadin in Primal in the draft packs, only in packs one and four. So mm -hmm. what you're asked, what you're putting pressure on yourself to do if you have Cyber Combustion in your deck, and it's not that it's not a powerful card, it's just that this is the pressure that you're putting on, is 
you need to get enough granite in, in Fire and Shadow and be able to play Primal, which means getting enough fixing. Uh, so it's just a lot to ask. Uh, I think yeah. if you're already in Grenadin and you see Cyber Combustion in pack four, then you're in a really good position to say, I can play that. But it's tough this early in a draft. Yeah, and, and the other kind of interesting thing to keep in mind with Cyber Combustion is it's actually a little worse than it looks just with all the regen running around. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously it's not bad because of that, because you do knock the regen off, but, you know, you're not necessarily wiping their board with this, even if you only have Granadins. All right, so let's take a call on allies, and uh, we've kind of got three cards that don't go together right now, so we'll just try to find some uh, way to... We'll just, you know, keep taking the best card and see if any kind of theme develops. So, pack four... Um, Uncommons are a Daring Swordmaster, uh, which is a reward for soldiers. At the end of each turn, play a ran, uh, sorry, play a weapon on any one of your units with strength and health equal to the number of times you've amplified this turn. Um, and its fate ability is draw a card uh, if you have a soldier. Uh, this is it's a also, it's also a one one for four, so <laughs> it's a little on the face of it. Uh, slower than some of the other cards that draw a card when you uh, if you have the right tribe in play, um, but it, it is a good card if you get going. But you've got to be playing kind of a slow soldier deck. Uh, the, another uncommon is Incineration, which I don't think is playable in draft most of the time because it just does damage to your opponent's face, and only if they've drawn extra cards is it yes. any good. So in commons, there's a Drifting Drone. There's a Gravity Glove, which is a solid card. or That's the 1-1 Relic Weapon for 1. Um, and uh, if you amplify by 2, it gets plus 1, plus 1. There's a Replicated Cell Sword. That's the 2-1 uh, Factionless Soldier with Regen and Plunder for 3. Uh, there's a... Let's see. I think that's kind of it. There's Unexpected Arrival, which I don't think we're taking at this point. There's a Blood Boil Executioner. That's the 3-2 with Flying and Charge for 5 Fire. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is kind of an interesting pack. I Daring Swordmaster is just like a card that really scares me. <laughs> and, it scares you? In not a good way. Like, I'm just very scared to play a four-cost 1-1, one, one, Yeah. even with such an amazing upside. I, I think of it as a market card only, really. Uh, yeah. Because if you market for it when you have a soldier out, you draw a card at least, and then yeah. it can have an effect after that. Uh, I don't. I don't think it's a high pick just because the stats are so bad. You really have to have all of the synergy going, both soldiers and amplify. Yes. So that would lead me towards gravity glove, probably, um, or replicated cell sword. I think those are the two best cards in the pack. Yeah. Um... Uh, cell sword has the advantage of being a soldier, and we do have a call on allies. Yes. And we're not sure which colors we're in yet, I don't think. Well, no, obviously, if we wanted to play the call on allies, then Gravity Club is in the right faction. Uh, but I do think that not knowing what we're going to do yet, um, that Cell Sword has the edge for me right now. All right, I can see that. And I also think Gravity Glove, while being a good card, is just like all relic weapons and not a relic weapon-centric strategy, there's sort of an upper limit on them. Yeah, there's only so many gravity gloves I actually want to play. Yeah. So we'll take the replicated cell sword here. All right. Uh, this pack 
is kind of a payoff. Uh, there's eight cards left in this pack. The uncommons are incineration again and air support. Uh, that's the 3-2 uh, Flying Sentinel for 6 Justice Justice. On Summon, you play a random soldier. Uh, let's see if there's any uncommons that compete, can, can, can compete with that. There's a Stayer's Beckoning. Play 2-1-1 Valkyrie with Flying for 3 Justice. There's an Oni Hybrid. 4 Fire Fire for a 3-1 Flyer. And on Summon, you draw a weapon from your Void. Uh, there's a Frostbite, uh, <laughs> which is <laughs> we're not taking, obviously, but can be a powerful card. <laughs> Uh, that's the three primal uh, fast spell that stuns an enemy unit, and you amplify two to deal one damage to any target. Um, I, do, I don't know uh, if there's anything there that really competes with air support, though, which is an excellent card. Is it an excellent card? This is a, a thing I've been wondering. Is Interesting. Yeah. Is it feels really expensive, and soldiers tend to be cheap, so you're you're often not getting, like, necessarily getting six cost of value out of it i don't know or maybe in that's my not experience true. soldiers are on average larger than you think okay. uh, certainly when you play certainly when air support makes like uh you know a Fresh two recruit. one then it's not which was also in this pack uh that's that's not exciting but sometimes <laughs> sometimes it makes a five five bear with a renown ability that gets flying <laughs> so um, and sometimes it makes that rare that just completely that that sends an opponent's uh, unit to market unless you can kill it. So every now it's it's just sort of an, an uh, it's just sort of a free win card sometimes. Mm -hmm. And at, at very worst, it's at least a three power flyer. But often it's way better than that. So I like it as a top end in soldiers or you know anything really. All right. Cool. Um, so next pack, uh, Rage Grafter. Uh, we could have taken, I guess, the styre, the the thing that makes two one one Valkyries, but uh, the top end on air support is so much higher. Anyway, uh, this pack, uh, there's a Rage Grafter. Uh, that's the only uncommon or rare left. It's uh, that's the that's the blue. That's the Primal Grafter. Um, we have a Skyguard Sentinel, the five five for six time that has flying on the enemy turn. Um, there's uh, Send for the Reserves, which we've talked about. Uh, that's the uh, Amplify card that creates multiple two one soldiers. There's Shock Troops, uh, another Blood Boil Executioner, and the card that I don't think anyone has ever played in any of their decks, Exotic Purchase. Uh, also Arms Race, which I think yeah. also nobody plays. Yeah, this is uh, kind of interesting, because I do think, my estimation, probably Rage Grafter and Send for the Reserves are the two strongest cards. Yeah, I think so. But Shock Troop is a good card, and also Injustice, so I don't know if we just... And kind of, you know, sh a shock troop into a turn three call on allies is a pretty good move. It is. It makes a 7-7. Seven, seven. So I guess I don't know if it's worth, you know, I, the grafters are just so good that it's, I feel like it's hard to pass up late ones. But I I kind of would lean towards shock troops personally. Okay. Yeah, I don't think, I think because of the unpopularity of Primal that Rage Grafter ends up this late pretty often. And mm -hmm. I do think that it's a strong card, but I don't think that Primal is open because we're seeing it here. So I think it's a little, it might be a little bit of a trap. I could be wrong. We'll see over the next few picks if Primal is actually open. Um, I guess if, I, I think it's easy for a Rage Grafter to kind of slip through the cracks like this. Yeah. 
Yeah, I guess part of the other thing that makes me kind of like Rage Grafter is I've had a little bit of success with like Huru Amplify Soldier decks. You know, there's a lot of soldiers in Primal. Fair enough. We could be going into uh, a kind of a Huru prim- um, Soldier deck. Yeah, we only have right now one Amplify card. Right, Shock Troops. Um, Shock Troops' ceiling is very high, but its floor is very low. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually would say that Send for the Reserves is the pick here. Hmm. Because if we are playing Soldiers, then Send for the Reserves is overall a stronger card than Shock Troops. Shock Troops is more aggressive, but Send for the Reserves scales really well. And also, if you're playing it with a Call on Allies, it's much, much better. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm happy with that. It is a good card. And then we'll just see what happens here. Um, so this next pack has some cards in it. Nothing exciting. Uh, another Oni Hybrid, um, the three one flyer that gets a weapon from your void. There's an Encroaching Vine, the four four for five Primal Primal that has Reckless, Regen, and Plunder. Uh, there's a Darkwater Vines. Uh, that's the one-one Mandrake with Regen that discards cards and gets plus one strength if uh, anyone discards. And there's a Blackout the Skies and an Amber Lock, uh, the rel- the two-cost Time Relic that draws a card on Summon, and then you can pay four and sacrifice it to draw another card. No Justice cards. Yeah, this is a, a pretty sad pack for us. I think. Darkwater Vines is probably the card that I'm happiest about. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be, you know, is the card I like the most out of this, um, but is not really anywhere near what we've been trying to do recently. Yeah. Um, I think enough people don't really value Darkwater Vines that much that it's not really a signal that Shadow is open either. Yeah, yes, I agree. Though, like, you know, the the... Cards we would be giving up if we took a Darkwater Vines, Call on Allies, Send for Reserves, and Air Support. But in that place, we would get a Muck because yep. our other two cards are colorless. Um, so I do think there's an argument to be made that we wouldn't be giving up that much to take a flyer on it. Um, yeah, I think that's fine. I think Oni Hybrid and Darkwater Vines are the two strongest cards in the pack, but uh, Oni Hybrid is really unimpressive if you don't have weapons, and so far we don't have any. Yes. And, like, we've been seeing a a, a bunch of fire units, but none of them, they're, like, the... We've been seeing good ones, but not, like, the draws into the color for me. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, we haven't been seeing the the best fire cards. We've been seeing the lower tier fire cards. And in my experience, drafting the lower tier fire cards and thinking, oh, fire is good and I'll be fine, usually leads to a 0-3. Yeah. So, so yeah, I guess the for me the question is, do I, I just take Amber Lock because I just took 10 for the reserves and kind of want to be in Soldiers and it's innocuous enough, or do I take a dog? Water I just lock. don't think Amberlock is. I think Amberlock is filler, especially yes. if you don't end up with enough two drops. So I would be happier with Darkwater Vines. There's a lot of good shadow cards in the in packs two and three. All right. So yeah, great. All right, this pack uh, another Blood Boil Executioner again, lower tier fire cards. Uh, there's a Stalking Cyberfang, the two two for three Primal uh, with Berserk and uh, its Fate abilities. If you have two or more units. Already in play, stocking Cyberfang gets plus two, plus two. There's a restorative process. Draw an attachment and a sentinel from your void for two time. There's a Shadow Walk Cloak, uh, which grants unblockable and uh, plunders for two shadow. And another Okessa's audience. So I think we just take the audience. I think so. 
Um, if it weren't there, then Shadow Walk Cloak would be pretty neat, but no, nah, I would just take I'd just take audience. Uh, in this pack, there's four cards left, and there's so many playables in, in set 10. There's still pickable cards here. Uh, the uncommon is Explosive Potential, which I've never seen anyone play, and I haven't played it. Uh, it give a card in your hand plus strength equal to its cost, and if you amplify, you can do that to additional cards in your hand. It costs three. Shadow. There's probably a world where that's a very good card, but I don't think it's the world that we're living in right now. Yes. Uh, there is also a Wind Channeler, surprisingly strong card, the 1-2-3 Primal Soldier uh, that plays Violent Gust when you summon it. That does 5 damage to a uh, uh, unit with flying. There's another yes. Stairs Beckoning, make, th- make two 1-1 uh, Valkyries. And then there's the Skyguard Sentinel, which is, a five, which is the 5-5 five, five for 6 time uh, that gets flying on the enemy turn. And uh, incidentally, one of the reasons Wind Channeler is so good is it kills your opponent's Skyguard Sentinels. <laughs> yes. So I think I would just take the Styre's Beckoning here. Um, let's see. Yeah, I think that's fine. I guess we have slightly more justice going on than time. I like Sentinel, but uh, Beckoning is cheaper. And yeah. we do have two Akessa's audiences already, so we're kind of full up on, uh, on five fives. Yes. We don't have anything special to do with Styr's Beckoning, but we are. If if we ended up Argentport uh, somehow, then we would want additional bodies to sacrifice, and, and you know, Beckoning does that. Okay, yeah. Uh, this pack has Hardiness, Expand the Reach, and uh, Counterfeiter. Expand the Reach is the spell that plunders and then plays a sigil of your choice from your deck depleted legit card if you're trying to play more than one. Uh, more than two factions. I don't think hardiness is where we want to be, even though it does go well with soldiers. We don't actually have any cards yet um, that that need it. Oh, see, I was kind of leaning the other way, where, like, I don't know. Uh, I wasn't that excited about Expand the Reach, and so I thought hardiness is there if we do end up getting more yeah. shock troops and... Yeah, if we do end up in Soldiers, then Hardiness will be good. And the other two cards aren't exciting at all. Um, I don't think Counterfeiter is actually a terrible card because it can swap any card from your hand, but any card from your market. It's one of the strongest market cards that way. But it really depends on having something that you want to get from your market real bad. So Hardiness is fine. Yeah, we're more likely to play it than the other cards. Um, And then the last uh, pick here is between Drifting Drone... And arms race, so we'll be taking a drifting drone, which we might yeah. end up playing. I don't know. We've got two Okessa's audience. Drifting drone is actually starting to look actively good. Yeah, too uh, bad we didn't have that amber lock. Too bad we don't have that amber lock. It's a very slow way to give additional power to drifting drone, though. To be fair, <laughs> it takes six power to get that thing into the void. Uh, all right, so sparking vermin is our last pick, uh, and now we now we wish we had those cyber combustions. <laughs> All right, uh, pack two. Uh, we've got Crack the Earth as our rare. That's uh, a market card in time. Uh, get five cost cards out of our market. There's a Tempered Sentinel. That's a, an uncommon charge bond. Uh, five, three for six fire, fire Sentinel. There's a Razor Lash, uh, which is a, a shadow, um, shadow Relic Weapon. There's Glacier Shaper. 
which is the two four for three primal and you get a glacial monstrosity uh if uh let's see hold on <laughs> i'm getting a little punchy all right so this glacier shaper which is a two four for three primal it's renown abilities play a glacial monstrosity with strength and health equal to the cost of that spell or weapon and overwhelm pretty good card in some form as we have absolutely no way of activating it right now oh we have hardiness hardiness actually is a really good card with glacier shaper um, because it can be cast, it can be cast at any cost up to the amount of power you have. Yes. So that's interesting. Uh, let's see the uncommons. We have uh, da, 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 there's a Kosul diplomat. That's the one one that silences another unit. Um, costs two. There's a Jarl's Frostkin. That's the that's a classic. Everyone knows what Jarl's Frostkin is. Stuns an enemy unit. Three three for four. Also a Grizzly Contest. Um, that's sacrifice a unit to kill an enemy unit. Fast spell costs three. Shadow Shadow and it has revenge. So it happens again. Uh, I think those are our main options here. Yeah, yeah. This is kind of an interesting pack, and it's a little tough for me with you know the. To know where we're going. I, I feel like at one point in the last pack, I would have known exactly what I wanted this <laughs> this pick, but then it kind of got muddled near the end about what this deck was really doing or what was open. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do think, it's, for me, it's kind of between Glacial Shaper, I don't know, Coastal Diplomat, Frost King, Frostkin, and then Grizzly Contest. Yeah. Okay, so Glacier Shaper is is cute. Like Hardiness is very good with it, but so far uh, that's it. That's the yes. that's the only card that we can play with it, and that's very power. That's a very powerful combination, but we don't really know that we're going to be able to take advantage of that. Um, and we only have one Primal card at this point, just Hardiness. Yes. Uh, Diplomat is one of the few sources of silence. We don't have any two drops, but it's also it doesn't really create board presence. It's just a 1-1. One, one. Yes, it um, is a soldier, though. It is a soldier. That's true. Uh, and Glacier Shaper, by the way, is not. It's a shaman. Yeah. However, I would lean towards Grizzly Contest because it's one of the few ways of uh, just killing something outright in the format. And we do have co- uh, Stairs Beckoning and Moldermuck, which are excellent cards with Grizzly Contest. Um, so that's the one that I would actually lean towards. All right. I can see that. Uh, yeah, so let's take the Grizzly Contest. I will say we're moving into a deck where I feel less comfortable. <sighs> Should have drafted Rakano. Apparently. <laughs> so uh, in in pack two, pick two, uh, our le- our our rare is a legendary. It's Marley Heroic Marshal. Uh, that's a that's a constructed card. Basically, it's a four four for four quadruple fire double justice surge ability gets plus two plus one and overwhelm this turn. On summon, you can silence an enemy unit or kill an enemy relic. Uh, not just a Rakano card, but like a heavy fire card. It's it would be hard to play even if we were in Rakano. <laughs> Other cards are Seed of Wisdom, which gives uh, time and primal. Uh, there's a Trickshot Ruffian, which gives uh, another unit plus strength and plus uh, health. This turn equal to your Justice Influence, a so one two for one. Uh, let's see what else have we got here. Um, ugh. Couple good fire cards, and then there's a grizzly contest. Yeah, there's a couple medium fire cards: War Painter, Wandering Forge, Powder Keg Rider. Yeah, there's another grizzly contest for sure. Um, 
could take another grizzly contest. There's a limit to the number of grizzly contests I want, but I guess if we've got one, then that's the strategy we're going with. I also kind of like Trickshot Ruffian, but... Yeah. I mean, I guess it's cute. You know, there's so many flyers now, it's kind of cute, but I don't know. All right, I'm we like can take last... another grizzly contest and then really focus on getting some stuff that we can sacrifice. Yeah. Air support also makes a spare unit to sacrifice, so that's good. Uh, this pack... Uh, the the rare is Reign of Frogs, not playable in draft in my opinion. Uh, there's an uncommon, which is Minotaur, Lighthoof, 4-4 four, four for 4 Shadow Shadow. On summon, you can give another unit unblockable this turn. Uh, the other uncommon is Primal Etchings. Uh, in commons, there's a Rebuke, a Silence Sunny Unit for 2 Justice. Uh, an Argent Court Soldier, 3-2 Soldier for 2 Justice. An Unmoored Valkyrie, which is a 1-1... One, one uh, for one justice with flying and gets life steal if you activate its renown. I think those are our options. Yeah. Torrent of filth. Um, I kind of love Minotaur Lighthoof, uh, even if there's not a really amazing thing to give unblockable. It's still a four four for four that gets in some free damage when you summon it. Yes, I, I I do like that. I mean, I think next is kind of Argent Port Soldier, but I don't know if we're that we're that worried about twos just yet. Maybe not just yet, but it will become a concern since we have zero twos at this point. Yes, we'd also like some way to activate Darkwater Vines if we're going to be playing Shadow. So far, there's no way to discard anything. Okay, this pack uh, there's a Frost Wave, uh, which is a primal spell that stuns. There's a Leyline Tracer, uh, that's the three three with Decay for four time time. It's a Soldier, um, and it has Decay. When you play a spell, it gets plus Strength plus Health uh, this turn equal to the cost of that spell. There's an Auric Record Keeper, which is three time Justice for a four four that gives one of your units plus one plus one when it dies. Uh, and then there's some other cards. Uh, Towering Arachnid. Um, Ensnare. Which I'm told is unplayable, but there's a lot of good flyers in this format, so clearly it's playable. There's uh, any other any others that we need to look at here? No, I mean, Unmoored Valkyrie could possibly yeah. be a, a thing, but I don't know if... Uh, we don't have any this, way of activating the Renown on that thing yet. Yeah, this is not the deck for it yet. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Frostwave and Leyline Tracer are both really good cards. Yeah, they are. We'd be kind of giving up a, a lot to take either of them. <laughs> but Well, I mean, we're not, like, required to take it just uh, to, to uh, reshape our whole draft just because we take a Frostwave. Um, I think Auric Record Keeper is also a legitimately powerful card. It's yes. not on the same level as Leyline Tracer, but it's easier to play. That's true. They're both soldiers. Though, honestly, I don't know. You could almost see... I mean, our Shadow is almost as good as our Justice is, so I feel like there's there's a chance we're not Justice. Like we're not Justice, and we might be... We could try to play Xenon. <laughs> or Felm. Yeah, I'm not saying that they're a great plan, but we're we're sort of struggling here. Are we? Oh, okay. I think we're doing I, okay. Well, I I guess I think we're struggling if the rest of the packs look like this. Yeah, I mean this is this doesn't like give us a lot, but there's good cards in the pack. I don't know. Um, we could take Leyline Tracer um, and lean a little bit towards 
Xenon. Um, I think that would be okay. Do you want to try taking an Ensnare? I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't think it... I mean, Ensnare is not a powerful card. I think it's playable, but I don't think it's something that you want to take this early with uh, with good uncommons. So what are you leaning towards? I guess I'm leaning towards Leyline Tracer. Uh, I think Oric Record Keeper, if we were splashing or like trying to play three factions, would be better. But if we're considering trying to pair this down to two factions, then Tracer is going to usually be better. Okay. Okay, this next pack, Crown Watch Standard. Uh, it's a power, comes into play depleted. You gain justice, or once you reach five power, it transmutes into Crown Watch Tactic, which is a uh, two power justice spell uh, that gives plus three, plus three, and lifesteal to a unit. Um, other cards of note in this pack, uh, there's a token of tradition, makes time justice or primal. There's a spore spitter, that's the 4-4 four, for four, six shadow shadow with pledge, and it gets lifesteal and unblockable when the enemy player has ten or more cards in their void. There's a dark wisp, which I like, especially if you're going to be sacrificing things to Grizzly Contest. Yes. Um, and that's about it, I think. Yeah, I think I like, yeah, I like dark wisp, I like spore spitter. I kind of think Crown Watch Standard is such a powerful card that... Yeah, it's hard to pass up a Crown Watch Standard. It really turns games around. Yeah. So that's where I would kind of lean, even though Dark Wisp would be perfect for this deck. Yeah, let's take Crown Watch Standard. I think the power level is just off the charts for it. Okay, next uh, next pack is... There's a Justice Etchings. There's, uh, there's some Primal cards, kind of. Um, there's another Spore Spitter. There's a Torrent of Filth. There's a Vine Petal Creeper. Uh, I don't think we're at the point where we need to take Vine Petal Creeper. So for me, it's between Justice Etchings and Spore Spitter. Let's see, stairs, but we don't really need more than one Justice for most of our cards, so it's not a, it's not a uh, priority. I think Spore Spitter. Okay. And here, this next pack, we've got a Primal Etchings. There's a Rabble Rouser. It's 2-2 two, two for 4 Justice with Revenge. Uh, give another unit plus 2, plus 2 this turn when you summon it. There's a Token of Ambition. Makes Fire, Justice, or Shadow. There's a Sirocco Elementalist, which is a Soldier. 2-2 uh, two, two for 3 time. Put an enemy unit with Flying into its owner's hand. Uh, not a lot going on here. The Token of Ambition would make some things easier, but I don't know if that's what we need. I think yeah, I don't Rattles. know. I'm kind of leaning towards the token of ambition. The, the token? We have a lot of double shadow. That's true. That would make that easier. If we want to play both justice and uh, shadow, then that would be fine. Yeah, maybe we'll like pick up a conflagrate or something like that. I don't know. Okay. I mean, I think Rabble Rouser is interesting. So the interaction between Muldermuck and Rabble Rouser is that... How does that work? Let's say you give Muldermuck plus two plus two. It's a six six. It attacks. It damages itself. What is the copy? They both then. It doesn't. They both lose two. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So like temporary states are also carried over to the copy. Yeah. Okay. All right. Just checking. It's also a soldier. Um. But we could take. Uh, I, nobody really likes Rabble Rouser unless you're doing an, a, a really aggressive thing, so it's fine. Yeah, I mean, the soldier thing is kind of interesting, but I would take Token Rouser. It also has revenge so that you can sacrifice a vigorously contest. <laughs> is that what you want to take? Yeah, I kind of do. Yeah. Okay, we'll take the Rabble Rouser. 
All right. Uh, this pack has a tide collar is the uncommon. That's the primal uh, three three for three with muster. Um, I don't think we can possibly play it. Uh, there's an ancient machinist, which we could play if we had more amplify, but actually we have very few cards that can activate it. Uh, there's also a seek power, which I think we really need. You do or don't? I think we do need a seek power. Yeah, we can it would help us out a lot. This next pack has a Xenon Guardian, 3-3 three, three for 4 time, with Endurance. Um, its ultimate is to pay 8 to give it plus 5, plus 5, so it's an 8-8 eight, eight with Endurance. There's an Auric Official, that's the 1-1 one, one for 4 Justice with Imbue, and uh, gets plus 1, plus 1 when you Surge. That's a Soldier. Uh, there's a Rollins Enforcer, that's the 1-5 five for 5 Shadow Shadow with Ambush, and it gets plus 3 Strength whenever you play another card on your enemy's turn. And then there's a second site. I can see arguments for... Uh, well, we don't have very many ambush spells, so I don't think Enforcer is really in the running. So it's either Guardian or Official. Yeah, I think it's Official. I mean, it's just... I think we're still more likely to play Justice than Time. And it's a Soldier. It is a Soldier. Which matters to exactly uh, one card right now, but that's, yeah, I guess I should stop card. talking about soldiers since we're not we're no longer <laughs> Cambrai. Uh, yeah, I think officials fine. It's not an exciting card. Guardian is a stronger card, I think, but we're not sure that we're playing time. So yeah, yeah, that's where I would be. And then I don't know, Rolls Enforcers cute, but I don't know how many five plus drops we really want. And we just have, I mean, we've got uh, only Grizzly Contest to activate it right now. Yeah. All right, so official. And I guess Groundwatch standard. Yeah, we can take official. Uh, and then this pack has uh, a Shatter, a Swaying Sea Kieran. That's the 2-4 for 3 time with muster, with the muster ability, create and draw 1-1 one, one Humbug with flying. And by the way, muster is if you play an attachment and a spell in the same turn. We really haven't seen a lot of that for a while, so <laughs> might as well define it. Uh, and then there's a Sunset Priest. That's 3-3 three, three for 3 Shadow. Uh, each player discards the top 3 cards of their deck when you summon it. Um, it activates our Dark Water Vines. Yeah. I think we take Sunset Priest. Yeah, let's do it. And then uh, in this last pack, there's an Ancient Bauble, which I don't think anyone has ever drafted and played, and then a Copper Hall Recruit, which is a 2-5 for 4. Also a Soldier, so we took that. And next pack is a Shatter. We get a free Shatter. Good for us. Okay. Next so pack. we're leaving this this pack um, kind of looking like we're an Arge Import deck that doesn't really have a, a, a theme... <laughs> Or Not really a theme, but that's okay. Like we have two grizzly contests, which means our theme is sacrifice, and we need a few more things that we can sacrifice. Like we need, we just need to be able to to like grizzly contest is a good card. We just need to be able to create some things that we want to use it on. Yes, and the other problem this deck has is it currently has zero two drops. Yeah, we do need some two drops for sure. Uh, so this next pack has an Aurelian Merchant. That's the Time Merchant, uh, the classic 0-3, uh, that gains plus one power. There's another Glacier Shaper, which we still have no way of activating. I guess Grizzly Contest would. We're probably not going to take it. There's another Leyline Tracer. Uh, there's a Drifting Death, which is sort of another one of my pet cards in this format because you can get it out of the 
you can if you get it with a, a vine grafter then it's a four three with regen flying and lifesteal which is a real nightmare um it's a three two uh uh three two flying lifesteal uh valkyrie for six shadow and when it uh dies you can draw a curse from your void it's hardly any curses in this format though so it, that ability doesn't uh, do anything Anyway, uh, commons, there's a justice symbol, creates two justice. Uh, there's a Valkyrie denouncer, that's the 3-3 three, three for 5 uh, justice shadow with flying and revenge. And then other playables, I don't think there is anything. There's maimed watchwing, uh, yeah, I, I don't think, think we want. Yeah, no, I think I'd rather take a Grenamender over a maimed watchwing just because we're yeah. Two grizzlies, but I think Valkyrie Denouncer. I think Valkyrie Denouncer is actively good for us. Yeah, though it, our deck is getting kind of expensive. It is. Uh, we really need some two drops for sure, but Denouncer is very good. Um, so here, this pack, there's a Season Drillmaster, 3 3 for 3 Justice. Uh, on summon, it gives one of your other units plus 3 plus 3 this turn. There's a Shadow Etchings. There's a Stone Scar Vow that uh, fixes for fire or shadow. It's an Amethyst Acolyte. Um, that's our 2-1 for 3 shadow. Give an enemy unit minus 1, minus 1 permanently. There's another Valkyrie Denouncer. Uh, and then a lot of people have been playing Spite Feeder on me lately, but I don't think it's right to do that. <laughs> yeah. So I think I it's between Amethyst Acolyte and Season Drillmaster here. I think so. Those are the cheaper ones. Um, just in general, Drillmaster is an incredibly powerful card. We're probably playing this Drifting Drone, so that's a free 3 life occasionally. Yes. Yeah, the the thing, yes, I agree. Um, you know, Amethyst Acolyte is nice because it's a, sort of early interaction. Uh, yeah. I think you do want some, some ping effects in this format. And That's true. It's a body you don't mind getting rid of Grizzly Contest, mm -hmm. though I don't know if that's a bonus per se. Um, so, yeah. So what do you think? We should just take the Season Drillmaster? Yeah, I just think Drillmaster is such a powerful card. Uh, I know yeah. we don't have a lot of early drops to really like uh, to punch with it, but I, it's just still so good. Uh, so this next pack has some cards in it. Um, the the rare is Ijin Walking Armory. We would really need to move into Fire to be able to use it. Uh, obviously very good if you're in Rakano, but I don't think that we can take it here. It would, we would have to give up on a lot of cards to be able to play it. And then there's a Primal Etchings left as a common. There's also a Finest Hour, just the uh, regular old uh, one justice, give a unit plus three, plus three, this turn fast, spell classic. Uh, there's an Execute, which we talked about earlier, kill an exhausted enemy unit and deal two damage to the enemy player. Three Shadow, one of the top Shadow cards in this format right now. There's a Tandem Watchwing, that's uh, your 2-1 Flyer for three justice. Um... And it gets plus one, plus one if you have a Valkyrie ally. There's a Prickly Grenadine. There's a Sunset Priest. I think that's about it. Yeah. Yeah, again, I don't... I don't know. I guess I feel like I take the Finest Hour just because it's the most powerful card. Yeah, it usually is. Um, um, I don't... I think with two Grizzly Contests, we're already doing okay on removal at this point. We're probably going to play both of them. So, Finest Hour in a Vacuum is the most powerful card. Yeah. And we're already kind of good on three. And not, we're like, we're not there yet, but, you know, we have four three drops already, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Drift, Finest Hour is fine. Like, uh, we don't have, an, we don't have nearly enough ones and twos at this point, but the ones we do, 
are very good with Finest Hour. Yeah. All right, so Finest Hour? Yeah, I think so. I'm, I'm not totally convinced that it's not just execute there, but it's fine. So this is going to be an easy pick. Um, the uncommons are Auric Record Keeper, we were talking about before, and Primal Etchings. Uh, in the commons, there's a Rage Heart Paladin, there's a Beseech the Throne, and then there's a Bannerman, which we're absolutely taking because we need two drops, and it's a Bannerman. Yeah, we take the Bannerman here. So here, uh, there's a Steam Rider is the only uncommon left. There's a th- uh, That's... Uh, from the last set, the 3-3 three, three, uh, for 3 fire fire with, that can get deadly or flying, depending on the other influence you have. There's some primal cards, there's some fire cards. Uh, one of them is Conflagrate, um, which is a good removal spell. Um, two, two fire for to do 3 damage to an enemy unit. It can be amplified for 5 to do 3 damage to an additional enemy unit. And then in Shadow, we've got a Prickly Grenadin and a Grenamender. Uh, so do you think that we can play Conflagrate? I think that's. I mean, we have a seek and we have a banner. We do. It would be almost a free splash, and it would be probably worth it. Yes, because I think the next card I would take is the Grenamender, just for. Yeah, just to have a something on the board. Yeah, I think it's better to splash for conflagrate. We might not, but it's a better option than just playing a Grenamender. I think. Okay, so here's some cards. Uh, Seed of Wisdom, that's for Time Primal. There's an Ancient Excavator, that's uh, the 4-6 the Sentinel that draws a relic from your void. Um, and then there's a Justice Etchings, and then there's some other cards. There's Ticking Grenadin, Ruin, Cliffside Caretaker, Roadloom Mandrake. Uh, not reasons to move into Primal, I don't think. Yep, so just the Justice Etchings. I think Justice Etchings, yeah, we might be able to, to put something in the in the market for that. Um, this next pack, really primal is open, but none of the cards are good. <laughs> none of them are exciting. I mean, we'd play them if we were in primal. But there's a natural order, a court mage, a master cartographer, a cheerful shepherd. We just don't need them. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing else in this pack, though. There's a time etchings and a rally. So I'll take the cartographer, I guess. I guess so, yeah. Uh, and then this next pack has a temple standard, which is another good time card. Um... But um, also Torrent of Filth, Death from Above, Spellbound Urson, and Steadfast Deputy. So that is that is a good primal card, but we also don't need it. Uh, so I'm going to take the Torrent of Filth. Okay, we can take the Torrent of Filth, yeah. Steadfast Deputy is still just a 1-1 one, one for 1, even with Aegis, and we don't really have a lot of good ways to make it bigger. Not permanently, anyway. We don't have weapons. No. All right, Torrent of Filth, but we're probably not playing it. And then this next pack is Gravewatch Ancestor, Mithril Mace, uh, Devour, and Magmatic Sentinel. So I still feel it still feels like time is sort of like there's always some there's enough good time cards, but I don't know if we can really realistically play time at this point. Yeah, I'm not feeling great about playing time. Okay. Um, so I don't know. I would just take. The mace or the devour? Yeah, I think it's mace or devour. I mean, that's those are those are our um, uh, those are those are the Argent Port cards. Uh, let's see, we're not really creating so many tokens that I think we'll be able to play devour in two grizzly contests realistically. So I think yeah. we just take the mace. Okay. Yeah, I think the devour would be the hope pack four is kind to us. Yeah, and I don't want to do that. Let's just take some. Let's just take mediocre cards that we can definitely play. Mm-hmm. Um, so this pack doesn't really have much for us. Powder Keg Rider, Valiant Leap, and Mass Entomancy. 
And this next pack has a Devour and a Reverberating Strike. I don't think we can play the Strike, so Devour. And then Wretched Raven is our last pick. This should never go last. The last deck that I posted, which was a 7-0, had three Wretched Ravens in it. It's still a killer card. Yeah. All right. Speaking All right. Of... Pack four. Pick one. Pack four. Customs Officer is the rare. 3-3 uh, three, three for four-time Primal. When you summon it, put an enemy unit into its owner's market. When it dies, uh, that uh, unit's uh, owner plays it from their market. That's what that does. It's a very strong card. I don't think we can play it since we would have to splash both factions. No. But there's a Death Wing. Um, that's a 2 3 for 3 Justice Shadow with Flying, Deadly, and Lifesteal. Also a Valkyrie Warp ability um, that is relevant to us. Boy, there would have to be a pretty good card also in this pack to make us not pick Deathwing. There's another call on allies. Do we even have enough soldiers for another call on allies to be good? I, I, we I mean, we have not a. I mean, we don't have a ton of units right now, but yeah. Bannerman, um, Cellsword, Drillmaster, Drill Orc Official, Copperhall, Copper Recruit, Rabble Rouser. And, and whatever great. air support makes. Yeah. So I think we just take Deathwing, right? Yeah, we, we take Deathwing and consider ourselves lucky. So next pack. Uh, let's see. Trade Agreement is the rare, not playable in draft. There's a Scrap Metal Fury, very good fire card. Uh, another Daring Swordmaster. Uh, I remember when we were talking about Daring Swordmaster. And then in our colors, there are some commons. There's a Gravity Glove and a Stairs Beckoning. Yeah. I think we got to take the stairs beckoning. Okay. Gives us more things to sacrifice to our grizzly contests and also our Valkyries uh, so that we can Valkyrie warp Deathwing maybe. Uh, in this pack, well, this is a pretty good pack for us no matter what. There's a Vine Grafter. Uh, that's our 2-2 for 2 Shadow with Regen. Um, its ultimate is to pay 3 to swap a card for a Shadow card or a Factionless card from your market. There's also a Vicious Overgrowth, good removal spell in Primal. There's a Side Street Monitor, 2-1 with Flying Regen uh, for 3 Justice, and it's got a Sentinel-related ability. Also a Send to Market. Yep. So this is between Vine Grafter and Send to Market for me. It is. Normally, I would always take Send to Market uh, if we didn't already have a deck going, but we have so few 2-drops, I think Vine Grafter is where it's at. Yeah, and I think I'm kind of interested in Vine Grafter put Moldermuck into the... I think that's a reasonable thing to do, yeah. Let's do it. Add that Vine Grafter. Here uh, are some cards. Um, what does Shadow Sea Rising even do? Oh, it's a constructed card. That's our rare. When any player plays a spell, they deal two damage to themselves, so not a draft card. There's a Red Plate Crusher, Crasher, which is obviously a very good fire card, but we can't play it because we're not playing fire. Uh, there's a Stone Scar Painting, so Battlefield Chanter, Ghastly Perfume, Expand the Reach, Sparking Vermin, Gatecrash Trooper, and a Razorbot. Let's take Razorbot. Yeah, it's Razorbot or Stone Scar Painting to play. Oh, that would help us play the Conflagrate. Um, I think still Razorbot gives us some early board presence and is a deadly card that um, can deal with, you know, five fives for three. Yes. Here are some other cards. Uh, there's learn the truth not really a draft card there's another vicious overgrowth uh so this is where being in primal would have paid off finally um 
There's Azumic Coercion. Uh, that's a fast spell for four shadow. Sacrifice a unit to draw a card from your market. Um, and when you draw it, it adds a random shadow card to your market. I think when you have good enough stuff in your market that Coercion is a legit card. Yes. Um, however, uh, there's also a Metabot station in this pack and a Snipe. <laughs> Yeah, so, I kind of lean towards Metabot Station. I think so. I think with two Grizzly Contests um, and not very much early game, Metabot Station is a reasonable thing to do. All right. It also activates our um, our Drifting Drone. Metabot Station, by the way, makes a makes a gren- uh, one of those healing Grenadins for two, and then you can sacrifice it to make another one for four. This pack has... Some junk in it. Uh, yeah, I think we take out a, the blackout disguise just for our shadow yeah, market. Yeah, we can put it in our market. Absolutely. Blackout disguise is a fine thing to go get in an emergency. Uh, this next pack has another call on allies. Pretty late for that. Uh, there's another. Uh, there's another razor bot. There's a gravity glove and a bastion gatekeeper. Every time we see a gravity glove, there's always something that seems a little better. I think we have to take bastion gatekeeper here. It's a solid two drop. Yep, yeah, I agree. And then in this pack, there's a Shock Troops and a Drifting Drone for us. And I think we take the Drifting Drone. Yeah, how much Amplify do we actually have? I've forgotten. I don't think we have much. Not that much. There's Blackout the Skies, Call on Allies, and that's it. So not, not Shock Troops. I think Drone is okay. We have two audiences, a Metabot Station and a Mace. Yeah, so maybe we don't play two drones, but we might. And then this pack has, uh, well, Grub Bot we can't play. We can't play anything but the Rail Driver here, so let's take the Rail Driver. That's a 3-3 weapon for five. This is a gift. We've only got three cards left in this pack, and one of them is Bastion Gatekeeper. And then in this pack, there's a Skyguard Sentinel and a Shock Troops. Uh, we're, we're not going to play either one let's take the shock troops and then another bastion gatekeeper one of the best cards commons in the whole set last pick so that really shored up our two drops right at the end there well (laughs) done well done us all right so i think let's see a few questions we have to answer right away are do we definitely put moldermuck in the um in the market i think it's the only i think it's the best shadow unit that we can put in the market. Yes. So, I mean, Spore Spitter is also a reasonable card, shadow card to put in the market, but we might put both of them in the market. I don't know. And we don't have any other way of accessing market other than Vine, the one Vine Grafter, right? Yes. No. Right, let's let's just list all the cards real fast. I'm not going to describe all of them. Yeah. Um, but we have under units, we have 21 units. There's a Darkwater Vines, two Drifting Drones, a Razorbot, a Bannerman. Three Bastion Gatekeepers, Vinegrafter, Deathwing, Muldermuck, Replicated Sellsword, Seasoned Drillmaster, Sunset Priest, Auric Official, Copperhaw Recruit, Minotaur, Lighthoof, Rabble Rouser, Valkyrie Denouncer, Air Support, and Spore Spitter. Uh, in Attachments, we have two Akessa's Audience, a Metabot Station, Mithril Mace, and a Rail Driver. And our spells are Blackout the Skies, Finest Hour, Justice Etching, Seek Power, Conflict Great Call on Allies, Two Grizzly Contests, Two Stars Beckonings, and a Torrent of Filth. And then we have a Crown Watch standard. 
Um, yeah. So I think our curve will end up being fine thanks to those late uh, gatekeepers. I have a feeling call on allies is probably out of the question now that we don't have that many soldiers. We don't have a lot of soldiers. Um, yeah, most of the like all the two drops that we have are are sentinels and and um, and other stuff. Basically, just got that banner man, and a lot of our weaker cards are soldiers actually. Like Copper Hall Recruit and that kind of thing. Yes. So yeah, we can take out the Call on Allies. We can put the Black out the Skies in the market. I don't think that's our main a main deck card. Torrent of Filth, I think, is on the weaker side. Uh, if we were going to use Justice Etchings to get something from the market, what would it be? <sighs> I guess Mithril Mace. There's not really anything else. Call so on Allies. We could get we could get a Call on Allies. That and that's true. That would probably be the card. Yeah. And then I could see we lose a couple units here. I don't know. It's like 15 power, then two Okessa's audience, a Seek, and uh, Justice Etchings. Is that crazy? Oh, we're taking Okessa's audience as a kind of a, a cheat for power. Yeah, I guess it's that's a, half a reasonable power. thing to do. It's a half power. So, yeah, I mean, if we're playing the Justice Etchings, um, then, yeah, that's fine. Um, and then I think Spore Spitter can go in the market. I kind of I'm leaning now more towards keeping Moldermuck main and Spore Spitter in the market. Yeah, Spore Spitter becomes a five five unblockable with lifesteal when you get it with um Vine Grafter and Regen. So it's it's a pretty mean thing to to get in the end. I like putting Rail Driver in my markets because usually main decking it is a little weird. I mean it's fine, there's some good things to put it on, but it's it's a pretty expensive weapon. And then I kind of just want to take the two four drops out. Or Orc official and Copper Hall Recruit. I think mm -hmm. definitely Copper Hall Recruit. I've seen Copper Hall Recruit be pretty a pretty good blocker, but it, it only has five health, so it doesn't block the one thing that you need it to. And you don't like an Orc official. I guess there's not really very many ways to make it awesome, but there is a finest hour, so... Yeah, I guess the thing is, like, Copper Hall Recruit is the thing I would want to put my Orc official on, and since we took that out. Uh, yeah, okay. Um, but also, I think we might want to do something over... I don't like, is Darkwater Vines, do we want that card in our deck? Let's see, Do we? how many ways do we have of discarding something? Uh, probably... The One Sunset Priest. The One, like, one Sunset Priest, yeah. But we're not gaining any advantage. No. No, we would just be making it a 2-1 with regen, so... That's not really that exciting. We do want to have... Well, we so we do have two stairs beckonings, which are also count as units. So we could take out the Dark Water Vines. I don't think it's got a lot of impact in this deck. Um, I'm kind of not... Let's see. How many ways do we have of making Drifting Drone actually playable? We have two audiences and a Metabot station. That's fine. Um, and then Drill Master will get a hit out of it. Rabble Rouser will. Rabble Rouser will get a hit out of it. Sacrifice it to Grizzly Contest. We can get a surprise, you know, lifesteal combat out of Finest Hour. Maybe we just play one Drifting Drone. Okay, and then that would put us at our number. So that's it? Okay. Um, yeah. That's, that's actually more than what we wanted. but It's more than what we wanted? Yeah, because we have the Crown Watch standard, so oh, now we're at yeah. 16 power plus the etchings, the seek, and the two audiences. Okay, so what do we want to add back in? Do we want to add back in the 2-5? Or 
or just maybe Drifting Drone because it's generally a stronger card. And even if we can activate it once with an Okessa's audience, it's already a 1-2 for 1 with Lifesteal and Flying. Yeah, I don't know. It's tough. Lean Do we have any other Fire cards since we're splashing Fire? No. I'm leaning Drifting Drone. Okay, let's put that Drifting Drone back in. we got two Drifting Drones. That's it. Um, that's our deck. Two Drifting Drones, a Razor Bot, a Banner Man, three Gatekeepers, one Vine Grafter, uh, Deathwing, Muck, Replicated Sellsword, Drill Master, Priest, Orc Official, Minotaur Lighthoof, Rabble Rouser, Valkyrie Denouncer, Air Support, Two Lucas's Audience, Metabot Station, Mithril Mace, Finest Hour, Justice Hatching, Seek Power, Conflict Rate, Two Grizzly Contests, Two Stairs Beckonings, Crown Watch Standard. Now we need to make our market. So we definitely put the uh, the, the Lifesteal Mandrake in the market, specifically to get with Vine Grafter. Put the Call on Allies and I guess I guess Copper Hall Recruit for um, for the uh, for the etchings, seeing a torrent of filth and a spore spitter there and a rail driver. Um, yeah, I guess that's fine. I like to have a sigil in the market if I can make room for it off to get off grafter. Okay, so that would be one shadow sigil. Cool. All right, that's our deck. So uh, yeah, that's our show. Thanks again to all our patrons for making the show a success. And for those of you who are not patrons, a reminder to give us all a five-star rating and review on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. You can join us in our Discord. There'll be a link in the show notes. It's a great place to be. Finally, thumbs up all of Raven Dragon's Reddit posts. And don't forget to send in all your 7-win deck lists you do this week to farmingeternal at gmail.com. And remember to keep on farming. All right, keep on farming. Yeah, and I think we really showed people a strong deck you can make if you don't if you avoid fire. I think so. I mean, the evidence will be in the pudding, as they say. <laughs> no. um, I'm a little skeptical of this deck, to be honest, but we'll see. Oh, so yeah. I mean, we'll see how it goes. Uh, I think it's got some good cards in it, um, and uh, a surprising number of combat tricks because those aren't that common in the format. So yes. We'll tag somebody's um, uh, barricade basher with a finest hour plus vine grafter at some point. That'll be good. Do you wanna? Oh, my computer can't handle it. Damn it. <laughs>